May all beings be happy. May all beings be healthy. May all beings be free from harm. May all beings love life. May all beings awaken. Welcome to another Cuke Audio podcast. I'm D.C. Puba of Cuke Audio and Cuke Archives, doing our bit to preserve the legacy of Shinju Suzuki and those whose paths cross his, and anything else that comes to mind. I pray that you and yours are safe and comfortable, free from economic hardship, and able to get out and do whatever it is you want within the limitations of the universal precept of do as little harm as possible. So today we have a guest, Charlie Corin Pocorny. Uh, he's a um, Zen priest uh, who's um, now um, with the uh, Brooklyn Zen Center. All right, let's hear what they have on their site. Charlie Corin Pocorny grew up in Hyde Park on the south side of Chicago. He was ordained as a priest by Reb Anderson in 1999 and received Dharma transmission in 2018. He practiced as a resident of Tassar and Green Gulch Farm. I think that's for about 12 years. Uh, and studied koans with Daniel Taragno. Charlie and his wife, Sarah, served as head priests at Stone Creek Zen Center from 2014 to 2022. He teaches at the Institute of Buddhist Studies in Berkeley, including courses on Buddhist philosophy, history, meditation, and ritual practice. Charlie, Sarah, and their children moved to Brooklyn in 2022. Yes, the Brooklyn Zen Center, that was founded by Tia Strozer and mm, someone else. It said so in the uh, Charlie, uh, uh, this uh, a fellow who's uh, there uh, as a co-founder, or who helped Tia, or they invited Tia. Anyway, so they're there now. God, they had a nice place in Sebastopol. Now they're in Brooklyn. Oh, well. Um Charlie, um, I don't know quite uh, which organization it was. Maybe the SCZA, the Soda Zen Buddhist Association, uh, uh, that he had uh, a lot of involvement with. Or uh, also, he was doing. He had something to do with connections with uh, the Soda Zen folks in Japan and in America. Their outreach in America. But um, anyway, he clarifies that. Uh, in this uh, podcast. Oh, and and this is in the podcast too, but I wanted to mention it. Charlie and Timothy O'Connor Fraser, uh, working for the San Francisco Zen Center, uh, they uh, were the first to really uh, put up uh, Shunyu Suzuki lectures on the uh, Zen Center site uh, and, and do a nice job of it, you know, with the transcript, the audio, and he they put up photographs, and um, 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 I, 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 they, they used uh, the, you know, the, I gave them a hard disk to get it all, and uh, we had, you know, back and forth while they were doing that, but that was great, and we linked to all that and celebrated it, and they were doing it. Um, then, uh, 
you know, uh, they moved on to other stuff. But anyway, that was important. So uh, listen, uh, let's um, have our pause to meditate, and then we'll give Charlie a call. So when you hear the bell, if you're of such a mind, hit pause and meditate or whatever for as long as you wish. And when you're ready to come back, hit unpause, and we'll be here to hit the bell to end the meditation or whatever, and we'll give Charlie Bacorny a call. Hello, Charlie. How are you doing? Hi, I'm doing good. I'm 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 um mostly recovered. Oh yeah, from uh, COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the late COVID obviously was much better to get than the early one. Oh yeah, yeah. No, and I and we've had our whole family's had various layers of vaccines, and I think that helped. Oh yeah, yeah, and, d- definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. America's uh, America has a, a higher uh, death and sickness rate from COVID than other comparable, uh, you know, first world yeah. countries because it, it's such a hotbed of uh, anti-vaxxing. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's crazy. Which, which <laughs> is political there. <laughs> it's yes. weird. Yes. Uh, yeah, it didn't, very little of that here. Uh, extreme, mm. extremely little. Uh, mainly from, I hear about it from Americans, a few Americans and a few people from <laughs> yeah. I- India yeah. and India, you know. Uh, anyway, uh-huh. Uh-huh. so, um, yeah. well, great. Uh, good to hear you're, you're, uh, almost recovered from it. Yes. Uh, um, so, so, uh, now, uh, remind me where you are and what you're doing. <laughs> oh, yeah, my family's in Brooklyn. Um, yeah, we've been here for one year. Uh-huh. And my, my partner, Sarah, and I, we're teaching, we're, we're like uh, teachers and head priests at Brooklyn Zen Center. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then I'm still teaching at the Institute of Buddhist Studies. Which is located in Berkeley, but you know now with Zoom, I just teach I just teach Zoom courses. Oh yeah, yeah. And um and I I teach Buddhist ritual, uh, East Buddhist ritual and East Asian Buddhist traditions, and then I also I'm going to be teaching uh, just an overview of the whole tradition, whole Buddhist tradition, um, over two semesters. Mm. And then and sometimes I teach a and then I also teach a Zen course, a course on Zen, just think uh history and topics and. And then I've also started teaching at the Union Theological Seminary in uh-huh. Manhattan, and um, and that was in person. So that's that's that, and that just I just started there in the spring. Now, where is that? It's right. It's like right next to Columbia. Uh huh. And I think it's actually I think it's actually connected to Columbia. Like I got my ID 
I got my Union Theological Seminary ID through Columbia. And so there's a whole bunch of like institutional connection there. Yeah, it's up. It's up near. There's a, it's a really famous church. I can't remember the name of the church right now, but it's a church where Martin Luther King would speak. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, so it's kind of like, and uh, yeah, and, and Union Theological Seminary itself. It's it's kind of. I mean, I think now it's probably the most famous person there is probably Cornell West. Oh yeah, um, he's he's been making some news. Uh, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna do a run for the presidency. <laughs> Yeah, with a rather strange platform. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's an interesting guy. Yeah. Uh, yep, yeah, 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 no, he is. Yeah. And, um, yeah, yeah, and actually, uh, my, my good friend Greg, he's, he's also, he, he's the, Greg and Laura founded basically with Tia Brooklyn Zen Center. Greg who? And there's Greg Schneider. Mm-hmm. Greg Schneider. Oh, Greg Schneider so he, founded it with Tia Strozier. With Tia, yeah. yeah uh-huh. Well, Greg and Laura, they were basically living in Brooklyn and started a sitting group, and, the, and that became Brooklyn Zen Center. And then Tia, I think, you know, is kind of like, she came in really as a kind of key teacher to really get it more, you know, organized and, and you know, really have a, have a focused teacher. And then Greg and Laura become teachers, and, and Tia's really, she's kind of in the process of, Really stepping back from Brooklyn Zen Center, but we've been in contact with her around all, all this too. And then they've also they've started a tiny monastery a couple hours north of the city. And so Greg and Laura basically they're living up there in Millerton, hmm. um, getting this monastery going. And so that's part of the reason why it made sense for Sarah and I to kind of get so involved with you know teaching and leading at Brooklyn Zen Center. Mm-hmm. And um, and so, yeah, it was kind of, it was kind of, we were looking for the move and I don't, they don't think they realized when we reached out to them that they could really use us so much. But now that we're here, I think we're all really grateful that it worked out this way. <laughs> yeah. Now, where, where north of, you know, cause a lot of people like my wife come from around there. So she'd want to know where north of there. Um, where north? So, um, I, you know, I don't know the, I don't know the train very well, but it's, um, we get on the Metro North. And we go up to Osayak, which is the last stop on the Metro North Railroad going out of um, Grand Central. Mm-hmm. And from Osayak, it's like another 15 minutes north. And so this little town called Millerton, it's very close to the Connecticut border, like five miles to mm. the border with Connecticut. Mm. And um, yeah, so it's kind of, it's it's fairly, it's actually, you know, fairly close to the city, just like a 15 minute drive and a two hour train ride. Mm. And, um, and uh, yeah. And they've got, and they just, they just, they just bought a residence, and they've turned it into a monastery. There's anywhere from like, um, I think it gets down to around six, up to about twelve people, kind of living there as as uh, doing residential training, mm-hmm. and just you know, kind of kind of getting that going. It's the you know Brooklyn Zen Center and ancestral. That's called ancestral heart Zen monastery. Um, there's there's a there's a strong kind of impetus or you know focus on social justice and social justice with dharma practice and and that's you know certainly an aspect of what's happening in both places mm. yeah mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah uh that's interesting what sort of social justice well there's been various programs i mean i think you know i mean some of it has focused on uh race and some of it's focused on gender and then also just you know and then also some like just um 
you know, just do, doing what can be done for people who need who need support. You know, so that, but some of that has been interfaith, and we're kind of we're actually, you know, yeah, we're kind of working on interfaith connections, and um, and though, you know, just with with what's already happening around us with the churches, and you know, mm-hmm. some of the churches are really open to it. We're actually the the Brooklyn Sun Center was renting a place in the city. And it was already like a stretch, and then the pandemic happened, so they had to let go of that space. And now we're meeting; we're just meeting in this very large room in a in the church, and um, and the pastor and and kind of like we we actually share the room with some other renters, other groups that are using it, and but we have a really nice connection with them. With it's Father Mark is the pastor, and uh, and we have a very yeah you know, we we actually we've done some events. Together, like we did a, we did like a, I think a three-part series on abolition. And wow, uh, that's really neat. And it, I think it's neat yeah. you're in a church and that uh, now you're giving them some uh, uh, rent money or for that. Yep, we give them some rent. Yeah, but yeah. nothing but, compared but, 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 to what you had to spend to have your own place, right? Not yeah, to have a dedicated space would be like four or five times as much money. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like it's 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 much more affordable. And there is the loss. Like, like we don't like we're well right now, you know, we have to we set up an altar every time we have a an event. And um and we're kinda of thinking about making a kind of a portable altar that we could just you know, like, almost like a butadon that we could just fold everything in, lock uh-huh. it up. Uh yeah. And then just open it up and have an altar that's kind of feels more you know, more um, somehow, you know, more having a place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I, I appreciate that. I think it's, I, I think that's really smart. Uh, you know, uh, real estate, um, takes, uh, a, uh, a, a, you know, it, it's a much bigger commitment and it's much more entangling. It's really, it's really big. And, and also in Brooklyn, well, New York City is just, you know, it's just extremely expensive right now. <laughs> yeah. And Brooklyn, is, Brooklyn especially, it's crazy. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. Mm. We, I mean, oh, we, well, we had this house in Sebastopol, and we, we, we'd owned it outright, and we sold it, and, and it, was, it wasn't even that. And Sebastopol is an inflated market, actually. And that wasn't enough, you know, to, per, we, had to we needed extra help to purchase this apartment. You know, mm. just going going down from a, like a big house with a big yard in in, a, in an inflated market like Sebastopol. Yeah, you had a nice you place. Know. I remember it. Yeah, and then and then uh, and we 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 love our apartment in Brooklyn. It's just you know, but it's just um, it's things the price. You know, it's just it is it's crazy here. You know, it's it's yeah <laughs> yeah the prices are crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah and and uh, yeah, and it's having it's having an impact, and you know who can live here, and people are getting just priced out of you know huge parts of the city or the whole city. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a uh, a tendency that places have. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've noticed it's happening yeah. where we live, but we got right. our rent locked into. Uh, Till, uh, till uh, twenty thirty one, we've got it locked in at uh, oh, uh, really well, low. Uh, well, <laughs> so that's nice. That's nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's great. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, some people, there are some, we know some people, and that's how they can stay in Brooklyn is, the, is some places are rent controlled. And um, they definitely, you know, that's the only way they could be here. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So, um, well, um, that's all really neat. Uh, that's, uh, you're, you're involved with a lot. I, I knew you were. You, now, you, you, you had a, a long involvement with, uh, Soto Zen organization in America, uh, that is a, affiliated with, uh, uh, the Japanese Soto Zen. Uh, our, 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 yeah, yeah. Our, our, well, it's, 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 go on. It has like a, I would say that the connections, it has informal connections with the Japanese Soto Shu. Uh huh. But it's basically, it's kind of like its own thing. Uh, okay. Or it's, or, yeah, it's a separate organization. Yeah. Uh, and, um, there's, yeah, some, some interest in, in maybe someday trying to unify the Japanese Soto Shu organization with the, with the SZBA. The oh, Soto good Association. luck. Yeah. Yeah, I, I shouldn't have said affiliated with. I just thought of you <laughs> as. Um, I mean, didn't you have some contact with Sokoji and and? Uh, well, we had, yeah, yeah, we had, we we well, we had we 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 had various we would have various we had some meetings at Sokoji with SCBA meeting with, and and kind of like we we tried to stay. There was a time when the the two boards tried to kind of intersect a little bit just so that we knew what other we're doing yeah um, and i think especially like um i think uh we you know like through akiba akiba roshi and, and tempiozan his monastery project yeah i think we we're you know there was a, there was a lot of interest i think on you know just keeping everybody on the same page about that whole project yeah and um yeah and but it's kind of yeah so yeah i was i was i was sort of like the administrator for that for the scba for like six years and then a few years later, I was on the board for about five years. Mm. And now I'm just a member again. And that, and that's good with, I'm happy to be just a member. <laughs> uh -huh. well, I can understand. Well, yeah. Yeah. You put your time in. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That, that, what Akiba's doing there. I mean, I've been aware of that for years. I mean, I was over there with him and Yoshi. God. Maybe thirteen years ago, uh, maybe even more. Yeah, it goes back. Yeah, like fifteen, sixteen, seventeen years. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, and Paul Disco was involved at one point, but he was too. Mm. He was too expensive. But they, I think, they used <laughs> a lot of what they got from him. Uh, mm. Uh, mm. And uh, I, I sat, and we were in. in in uh, Japan for 10 weeks back in 2015, hmm. uh, when, when, no, 2014, when we, you know, right after we first came over here. And, uh, uh, I sat in a little temple in Kyoto, uh, on Sunday mornings. Uh, that was where they, they were tight with Akiba, you know. Oh, wow. Well. Uh, yeah. and, uh, I don't know if there was a temple association, but they knew all about what he was doing. They knew him and they knew about the Zen center. And they had a Sunday morning Zazen guy, you know, 
So I yeah, I yeah, go yeah. up there and do that. And they had a gorgeous garden. I mean, it was a beautiful temple. Yeah. And I could walk there. Yeah. Uh, well, that's, yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I really became aware of you when you were, um, or in my memory anyway, goes back to when you and, uh, oh, what's his name got involved with, uh, Suzuki? Oh, Rochi. Tim O'Connor. Yeah. Tim O'Connor Frazier. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, oh, uh, so I'd, I'd like to hear about that, but why don't you go back first to like where you were born and how you ended up in Santa Center? Sure. Sure. I was born in, in born in Chicago ah. in nineteen sixty eight, um, and my parents were at the University of Chicago in Hyde Park on the south side of the city. Uh huh. And um, I grew up there, and um, I um, I would say um, you know the the part of my childhood that led to practice was I had a problem with death. I, I from when I was like eight or nine years old, um, I'd lie down at night and I I'd very clearly acknowledge that I was going to die and it was really a problem for me um, as a child. And, wow. Uh, and uh and so and this just stuck with me and it would keep and, and like it wasn't every night but it would, uh, death would come and this I my thinking of my thinking would turn to death when I was in bed at night a lot. And um and, and you know and, and, and I felt like nobody else is I don't why isn't anybody else worried about this? <laughs> <laughs> Like, I don't hear, I don't hear anybody saying, I feel like, I feel like, you know, people don't want to die, but nobody's talking about it aside from like people trying not to die in movies. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so that was, it felt confusing. It felt like I, I was clear about something that, that was really true, but also I was very, I also was not clear about what death was. I had ideas about death. Mm-hmm. In some ways, actually, what I was really disturbed by was my ideas of dying. Mm. And and they were kind of you know because they were ideas of isolation like like I felt alone and then my idea of death was very isolating also, and so I felt alone. I, it, but it, you know but but I think the fact that it was so denied in the, in the cultural spheres I was in was part of my isolation and, and working with it. And um and then I and then so I um basically that it just kind of followed me around and um I um. I read about Zen in high school. I read, I read the, the books in our library, in our high school library, were the D.T. Suzuki and Alan Watts. Oh, and they're really nice books. Books, but they did not. The books they had did not mention Zazen. They, I don't think they even mentioned meditation. Um, and how yeah, to pretty much. And so it was sort of like I almost, almost yeah, so never. I had this, I, yeah, yeah. No, it was just beautiful stories, and and something about them really appealed to me. And something about I could see somehow in my idea of what a Zen teacher was was somebody who had they had worked out this whole thing with death. <laughs> so I, and so I had that projection, maybe from things they said, you know. And then um and at towards the end of college, I did I read some I read some more things on Zen, and then I did come across uh, Sakita, um, I think Zen training is that what it's called. And he he described he does describe meditation and so I started I started doing uh-huh. meditation. Uh-huh. And oh, I also yeah. I just decided to you know move to San Francisco um after I graduated. So that was nineteen ninety one. And where'd you graduate and from? It, from MIT. 
And, Whoa, um, in what? Yeah. Well, I, you know, I started off in physics, and but then I, I, I stopped liking physics when at a certain point. <laughs> huh. I, I stopped liking physics actually when the math, when I couldn't, when I couldn't visualize the math. So like I was, I really, I love physics when the, when the, when I could, I could look at the equations and I could actually see your have the tangible sense of what the equations were about. And then at a certain point, um, then I, I couldn't do it anymore. And it just became, um, it just became really difficult math problems. And, and that wasn't what was interesting to me. And so, um, um, yeah, I got, I got, I, um, and so then I did, um, I did a lot of, I was, I was doing, um, well, they didn't, they didn't have a real psychology program. They called it, they, they had a cognitive science, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is, you know, more in keeping with the science technology slant. And then I was also doing music composition. And so those are the two things I really studied there. Was, oh, neat. Was, um, cognitive, neat. cognitive science and music composition. And, um, yeah, but then I, I didn't, I didn't, I, I, didn't have a feeling that I wanted to pursue either one of those afterwards. And um, I moved to San Francisco and actually found San Francisco Zen Center pretty quickly and started sitting there. And what year and, was uh, that? That was 91. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and then, um, uh, let's see. Then I, I, uh, I, I had a physically sitting was very hard for me. And so I was intimidated by Tassahara. I felt like I didn't have, I didn't have a sense that I could actually do that much Zazen cross-legged or, or Seiza. And so I, um, and so I went to Stanford and, and studied Zen in a kind of academic context for two years. Hmm. So I got a master's. In Did you study studies. with Carl Bielfeldt? Yeah, yeah, he was the, he was like one of the main people. I was Carl Bielfeld and Bernard Four. Oh wow, yeah. Of, and there was also another professor there, Lee Yearly, who wasn't a Zen person, but he was he was he was a really neat teacher, and he was kind of he I he really he really really he cared deeply about teaching, and um, and so I just took everything he taught um, because. Um, I just, I, he, and he, 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 he had, you know, he had certain points during his teaching, he would just turn to me and say something and it was just for me. And it was about, you know, either directly or indirectly about Zen in relation to whatever we were talking about, mm. which could have, you know, could have been like Thomas Aquinas, you know, it could have, anyway, it could have been almost anything, but he had a way of, he, he knew how to connect the material with the students, you know, and, um, mm. and, uh, yeah, so he was also the other kind of main person I really appreciated studying with there did you and, get a uh, degree i got a master's mm-hmm. degree and in what i knew i in that was just it was just in religious studies uh-huh and i you know but it was it mainly I, i'd mainly done mainly did zen mm. i did some like um some chinese philosophy i did um i did a class in thomas aquinas i did a class in modern christian theology and I think I took abnormal psychology just for fun. <laughs> uh huh. And then, and then a lot of Zen courses, or a lot of Buddhism courses. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. And Carl, would, Carl was Carl was a great teacher, and he put he put a lot of thought and organization into his courses. And Bernard Four, he was interesting. He he kind of he would he was really interested. Just he would kind of study teach what he was studying, you know. So, uh huh. And I think he would kind of pick a stack of books on a topic and.
teach a course because he wanted to read those books. Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and, and that was interesting. And you know, and, and yeah, and I appreciated both of them. And mm-hmm. uh, and and it was also and uh, it was very, but it was very challenging for you know I was pretty early in my practice, I, I, and so to be, I was really practicing on my own while doing religious studies, which you know sometimes was supportive for practice and often wasn't. Mm-hmm. And um, and then another very kind of helpful person at Stanford was was Gil Fransdahl was getting his PhD at that time. Yeah, but he was also you know he, he was a Zen teacher already, and so a Zen yeah. teacher and a Vipassana teacher. Right. And so um, he was a he was a really important person for me there. And so I would usually you know we'd have like a little like mini dokusan in the hallways of the religious studies department. <laughs> ah. And uh, and uh, yeah, that was very helpful. But I basically, I went a week after I graduated from Stanford. I moved to Tassajara, and I, I, I kind of, I could have moved to Tassajara, you know, a year earlier, but I did decide that I was just going to finish Stanford. Yeah, and, um, I think that's a good yeah. idea. And yeah. so I finished it, but then I was, but then I was really ready for, for to just really devote, give myself to practice and. Yeah, and and and, and so then yeah, I was very and and I'd kind of been through all my doubt by the time I got to Tal Sahara, so it was very for me it was just super supportive place to practice because like I I've been sitting on my own for two years while studying all sorts of theories and stuff and um it was just yeah I was I was very happy there ah hmm yeah yeah and then I and so then I lived at Tal Sahara um. And Green Gulch for the next twelve years, mm. or twelve or thirteen years, and um, and got ordained as a priest in '99, and also met my partner Sarah at Tassajara, and we got married, and we had our first daughter, Kaya. That was in 2003, and she was born in, at the Jamesburg House. And the, oh really? The, the small the smaller house by the Zendo, yep. Oh yeah. And then, wow. Yeah. And then we went in then we moved into um we moved we we we've been living at Tosara. We came out to Jamesburg for the spring practice period for the for having the baby. Just because if you know if something goes wrong, you just don't want to be that far away from a hospital. No, absolutely. Yeah. So we yeah. But, so we were Jamesburg was fine and, and it was a very smooth birth. And we moved back into Tassara maybe about six weeks later. You had a so the first, you had a midwife. Yeah. We had a midwife, yes. Yeah, yeah, a Carmel Valley um, person. I can't remember her name right now, but she was lovely. What's and there? She a, she, she, go on. Yeah, Jessamine had worked with her. Hmm. Oh, really? Uh, Le- Leslie James daughter. Yeah, Jessamine Meyerhoff had worked with. I can't remember the name of the midwife right now. Um. Was she? Which and was there a doctor associated with it? No, no, just midwife. Uh huh. Yeah, and she was like, you know, she's she's like, she was used to doing stuff in Jamesburg, and she's like, you know, if there's something happening, we'll we'll get you, we'll get you to a hospital if we need to. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, it was very smooth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My my first yeah, son was no, born in no Gringo, so. Yeah. Uh, you know, that comparable yeah. and delivered by midwives. Uh, but they were associated with the Point Reyes um, Medical Clinic or whatever it was called. 
uh, and, uh-huh. and the doctors there let the midwives do it unless there was some complication. And the doctor didn't show up yeah. until after the birth. Yeah. Yeah. No, they, they, we didn't, we had no, we went, I mean, you know, we, we, we went to a doctor's visit probably within days of the birth. Mm-hmm. Maybe after, you know, three, three or four or five or six days, um, we went and just saw a doctor just to have a medical examination. But, um, yeah. But it was, yeah, we, but not that day. Yeah, no, it was just, and, um, and then we went, and then we, yeah, and then we moved back in Tulsahar and we were, we were Tulsahar for the first year and a half of our daughter's life. Yeah. She was a Tulsahar baby. <laughs> yeah. So was Kelly, my first son. I yeah. mean, we moved there when he was three months old. And we stayed mm. a year and nine months with him. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Yeah, and I think she feels she feels a special connection to Tulsahara. It's she's very happy down there. When yeah, she visits. Yeah, yeah. Same with my kids. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Now, listen. While you were at Tulsahara. Do you have any particular memories? Anything happening there? Are people uh, who were important to you? Or... Hmm. Hmm. Well, there's a lot. Um, I mean, does anything stick out? Well, let's see. I mean, the first thing the first thing that sticks out is um. Well, actually, before I moved there, I went. I just went to visit for a week in '93. And um, and Galen's Galen Godwin's uh, she was the Eno and and um, she just met me and her smile just um, was very helpful. <laughs> that mm. had a big impact on me. I think that I felt I felt really welcomed and supported to be there by her smile. Mm. Um, and let's see what else happened. At, um. I mean, I really, I, I, um, I, one of the things I really felt at Tassahara was that everyone, I, everyone was my teacher. And so I, I kind of was just, um, I was kind of, I was really, I, I found it to be just a really wonderful place and just, just like soaking in wisdom from everybody was really, I, I just love that. And, oh, uh, wow. Good attitude, man. <laughs> really and uh yeah and, and uh i mean there were some i mean like when i first got there there were some people who had they in various ways either towards zen practice or towards the sfzc organization they'd become cynical uh-huh and yeah they did you know and they they were kind of and they but they all they you know they but even they had a kind of they had they had something to offer and then and and also they left and and um, over the next, so I started living there full time in '94, and then by about '99, like it, the community there, from in my feeling, had become really strong, like really strong, and mm. and um, there was just a whole bunch of us that were just we all just loved practice and we loved each other and we loved practicing together, and um, it was kind of yeah that, that was my kind of my you know like '99 to '02 or so. Um, those are like my favorite years there. I just really mm. just love the community and um and um and and partially I think my, my partner Sarah and I um we met 
and she came in '98, and um, and then we became friends over about a year and a half, and then that's when we kind of, and then after about at that point we kind of kind of thoroughly fell in love with each other. Um, you took a, you but, were friends for a year and a half before you like really fell in love. Yeah. 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 Wow. Uh, had- that's good, man. That's, uh, that's like establishing some sort of roots or something. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, and I think part of what we fell in love with was that, was that our devotion to practice was really similar. Mm-hmm. And so we had this link. And, and so, um, yeah, and, 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 and that's just, and that's just always been then a part of our relationship is that we're also, uh, like have this really, you know, deep, deep devotion to practice that we share. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, I mean, actually there's this, you know, so, so right now we're teaching together at Brooklyn Zen Center and we talk together at Stone Creek Zen Center in Sebastopol. Oh, right. For, um, eight or nine years. With, with uh, G Show Kerry Warner. Yeah. Yeah, had did you had had she retired or what was the? She was she was ready to she didn't retire and I think she's still not retired and she's still actively teaching but she did want to take a step back from being the one person who did everything. (laughs) I I remember that. Right. Yeah, and they were looking for one person and we kind of said like, well, we're we're a package deal. Uh-huh. And um and they accepted that you know they were they were okay with having 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 both of us kind of come as a kind of as a as co-teachers and um and this is something that's kind of I have a I have a kind of family lineage that like my parents they met as grad students at Columbia under the same mentor in visual science and then they they were professors together in the same office at University of Chicago for their entire career and then um my dad's mom um she she went through put herself through law school i think through night school and then became a lawyer and her husband was a lawyer my grandfather and they were you know they had a law firm together with um with uh, his brother mhm mhm and so there's a yeah there's kind of a, there's a pecorni lineage of um of uh, of working of spouses working together <laughs> yeah uh now uh Stone Creek Zen Center was founded by Jisho, uh, and her yep. lineage goes back to uh, Tozen uh, Akiba. Uh, and, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. uh, that's, uh, and, and her, her sort of root teacher was Katagiri. And then, yes. Tozen, and who, incidentally, I, I became very close with and saw right up mm, to when mm. we left. We used to see him, uh, regularly at, uh, Aroma Roasters in, uh, oh, Santa yeah. Rosa. <laughs> and he was living uh-huh. in the, uh, uh, the, the, um, Salvation Army retirement building. And, uh, uh-huh. you know, was very happy to be there. And not go back to Japan. And, and he's, <laughs> he's become a sort of hermit there now. Uh, yeah. and, and, a, uh, uh, an old friend of mine, uh, Andrew Atkinson, uh, oh, yeah. has, uh, taken, uh, has kept track of him, has studied Japanese with him, has, uh, you know, just, 
you know, made sure he's okay. Uh, yeah. And, um, I wonder how, how uh, it makes me want to find out how Tozen's doing now because he was becoming really, uh, uh, really a hermit in, in, yeah. in his room. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 He, he, um, I met him a few times. He, he used to teach at Stone Creek, but by the time we started teaching there, he'd really like just completely retired from teaching. Yeah. Yeah. So he wasn't, he wasn't doing any teaching. Yeah. Um, but I didn't, I did have, um, yeah, I did, I did meet, we, we met a couple of times. We were trying to, well, do you know, um, did you ever meet Zoshi? Yeah. Um, yeah. Remind a Buddha me. Carver? Oh yeah. He yeah. A Buddha yeah. Carver. Yeah. Who lived in Sebastopol. Yeah. So I think we were, we, there was, Zoshi was, try, we were trying to figure out how to help Zoshi, how to figure out Zoshi, what Zoshi should do. <laughs> yeah. Cause he had some, he had some health issues and then, um, and, uh, anyway, I think, I think it was, you know, I think eventually, I think, uh, Zoshi ended up moving back to Japan. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, and I, I studied uh, Buddha carving with Zoshi actually in Sebastopol for three or four years up right up to the pandemic. And, um, is that right? Is that right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I didn't, I didn't know Zoshi, but uh, I met him. Um, I think, yeah. uh, Hideko Pechi, uh, kept track of him or had some oh, yeah? so you did you ever run into Hideko? I I did. She had she had connection to Stone Creek and then also I um when we were leaving I used to do I was doing the bookkeeping for Stone Creek and she volunteered to take over the bookkeeping. So we spent a lot of time together. Um, I transmitted the bookkeeping to her. <laughs> I had no idea. Well that's really great to hear. Yeah. And yeah, it was very sweet. <laughs> wow. Wow. Huh. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll tell her to, uh, she'll probably want to listen to this podcast. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, that's neat. Hmm. So, uh, well, one thing I was wondering, um, you you come from the Shunyu Suzuki lineage, and uh, Jisho comes from uh, the uh, uh, Tozen Akiba lineage, and you know, Akiyama. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, Akiyama. Aki- oh, yeah. yeah. Pardon me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and um, um, did that ever matter? Um, it didn't. It, 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 um, I, I think sometimes we just had that we, we would have little conversations, but um, I think. Um, it, it never, it didn't feel like a big thing. It didn't feel like a big lineal thing. Um, we would kind of, we would do precepts t- ceremonies together and we would, we tended to just kind of make them kind of, um, corporate. Like we would give, we would give two lineage documents actually. Oh, um, all right. And, um, and, uh, and so, cause like we kind of, we didn't necessarily have a feeling in the, in the Jukai ceremony that you were kind of just working with one teacher, but that, you know, all three of us, Sarah, Jisho, and I were all kind of all giving the precepts together, mm. and so yeah, and um, yes, yeah, so we would do both lineages, and yeah, I think it, it never it it I, I think um, in some ways you know like you know individuals are you know as individuals we all three of us were so distinct um, you know that those distinctions were kind of probably at least as substantial as any kind of lineal. 
lineal difference. And, and, and also Jisho had, you know, I think in some ways was, I'm not sure like, how she, you know, would, whether she would, and I mean, I know she had, you know, deep regard for Tozen and, and was in that lineage and also had, you know, this kind of her, her roots were in with Katagiri Roshi. And so she already had a kind of, you know, was working with their, you know, multiple people. And she also went to the Nisoto in Japan for, I think, six months. Uh-huh. And, um, where was, had, where, had where? Um, I, I think with Aoyama Roshi. Not positive, actually. Where? I don't, I don't know where. Uh-huh. Huh. That, yeah, that whole thing of, is all after my time, uh, uh, that's so interesting. I mean, when I went to Japan, it was really just some, uh, well, there, there was the, uh, the two temples in Obama, uh, with, uh, the, uh, the two Harada Roshis there. And they were, yeah. they were, they were the Harada Yasutani line. And, yes. uh, then there's the one that, that I practiced, uh, you know, live, oh, I live next door to it. And, uh, with, uh, Elon, uh, was, uh, Arata Shodo. Uh, mm-hmm. and yeah, it was funny. There were all these, and there was even other, there was like another Harada who taught Western. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, uh, uh, that was Rinsai, but there wasn't much happening, uh, Soto wise. Uh, mm. and, but there's been more development in that area, and I don't know about. I just hear about it, you know. Yeah, what do you know about yeah. that? I I I don't know much about. Yeah, no, that I um I've, I've just been to Japan for one like one a two week trip about over twenty years ago. <laughs> yeah, where we went um we went and stayed at Rinso Inn for about a week, and then we went to a Heiji for two nights for the for the Dogen's 750th memorial service. Oh, that's with a group, right? Yeah, that was with a group. That was with Reb and a, a bunch of students of Reb and a few other people came. And um, and then we went back to, and we went back to Rinso Inn. And Who was, was um, your teacher at Zen Center? Oh, uh, Reb, Reb. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah. Yeah, I did, I did, um, yeah, yeah, priest ordained with Reb in 99 and then did Dharma transmission 2018. Oh, all right. Well, that's good to know. Um, well, how'd you like, uh, Rinso Inn staying there? Oh, it was, we, we, we loved it. It was beautiful. It was, it was really neat. And, um, uh, yeah, and, um, Huitsu Roshi and, was very gracious host and then his son Shingo san was really neat to just meet him and get to know him and he was um i think his wife was pregnant at the same time that um Sarah yeah. was pregnant and so oh that was kind of we had a kind of a little connection there and um and uh yeah and it was it was it was when we had um we would sit in the Buddha hall, but then we were sleeping. There was the, the men were sleeping in the in the zendo. Uh-huh. And the whole group would would sit together in the Buddha hall and do services. And yeah, we, we had a we had a. It was yeah, it was lovely. Mm. Mm. And uh, yeah, no, I, I would I would love to go back to Japan. I'd love to. I think I think Brooklyn Zen Center. I think it. I think it. I think there's a kind of um. 
I think actually it would be a good thing for Brooklyn Center to 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 offer to the Sangha here uh, some kind of trip trip to Japan to rinse in and Eheji and maybe and maybe some other places too. We'd have to kind of figure it out. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think I think that's sort of probably in the probably in the next year or two or three. Go to Koyasan. Go to Koyasan. Uh, yes, I would. I would. I would love to. Yeah, you know the Shingon Center. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And you can stay in those temples. Are really there's temples that are really set up for guests. And uh, yeah. Katrinka and I stayed in one of them for a few nights. We sat zazen with them in the morning and mm-hmm. ate with them. And it's it's a very compact place. I'd say two nights. It is enough yeah. for it. And what mm-hmm. a trip up the mountain to it. And it's just yeah. so amazing. I loved it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm also, I'm a big, I, I love Shingon Buddhism too. I, yeah. I love to yeah. have more experience of it. Yeah. Mm. Um, all right. So where are we now? Oh, yeah. I was, I was, uh, I was picking your brain about Tassara. But I was glad to hear what you said. Uh, you know, I, I sort of wanted to know the, the flavor of it. Uh, uh, mm, mm. you know, uh, and, 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 you know, also the, you know, somebody in one of these podcasts, it's, I remember these things people say that, that you know, I <laughs> sometimes, and I can't remember who said it, but, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, somebody was talking about how the culture at Zen Center has changed. Uh, and keeps evolving. And it's like, that you can't really compare. I mean, they're, they're like really different. When, when I yeah. arrived, I arrived in 66, you know, I saw a lot of evolution of the culture through the years, but I never thought of it that way. And I mm. thought that was really true. It's like, it was like, the culture changed a lot. The practice changed. The rules changed. I mean, there was there was a, a, a lot in common, but um, and it, you know, it just keeps evolving. And uh, you know, sometimes I get people getting hold of me about stuff they're upset with with Zen Center, yeah. and I say, "Well, <laughs> just wait. It'll it'll evolve." <laughs> Well, I think also, I think Tassahara, I think, you know, so you know, a lot of the long-term people settled at, at City Center in Green Gulch. Yeah. And and the only kind of long-term people in the 80s and 90s um, at Tassahara and were, was uh, Leslie and Keith. Right, and they're still and, there. Well, I mean, they're, they're at there, Jamesburg. But, yeah, but, but nobody else was, nobody else was staying for more than five years at a time. Right. Right. Um, and That's so, pretty um, long. That's long for Tassahara. Yeah, but but the whole so I, anyway, I just I feel like Tassahara would would have a lot of cultural shifting because because literally it was a whole completely different group of people every five years. Yeah, yeah. And um, and I where, always where, loved you know, it. You know, I always loved. Yeah, it. I I I, I, I love that. There. Yeah, I love the dynamism of that and. And also, you know, and less experienced people would be leading, would be running the place. You'd stay there for a couple of years, you're on senior staff, and four years, five years, you're you're running the place. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's and Leslie's and and you know when I I really came up, 
with Leslie as being the the tanto and then the kind of senior teacher and 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 um, and just felt really she I I felt like she's really good at, at like empowering and supporting people supporting people to grow in leadership. Yeah, and, I love um, her. I think she's great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> she had to tolerate me a lot. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, we have pretty warm feelings about each other now. Uh, yeah, we. She survived it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, so you were there, and and how long were you in the city? Um, you know, I never actually. Well, I I I lived in San Francisco in '91, but it, it just in an apartment. You know, oh, okay. In, um, okay. And I would go to city center. That's why kind of, that was like my first practice place. But I never actually lived. I've never actually lived at city center. I've, I've stayed there for, um, um, you know, just like vacations and sessions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Well, uh, how did you get involved? Uh, you and and uh, T- Timothy O'Connor Fraser had a really uh, pivotal role in. Uh, putting uh, Suzuki Roshi lectures uh, on the Zen Center uh, website. I mean, were there were you the first to do that? Um, I think I think we were the first to. I think that was the first time that the teachings were being put on the website and made publicly available. Um, and uh, the um, we uh, I was on the board. I think at the time. And I think they just, I think they just thought, I don't, somebody had the idea of, let's just ask Charlie to do this. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I, I was living in Sebastopol, so I wasn't, I wasn't a resident. And, um, I think probably the residents were all, everybody had too much to do already. And so, um, I, uh, I think that's part of the reason I was asked. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, um, and I, I, it was a real, tre- I really treasure the chance to do that. I, and so what they wanted me to do was to, um, Kind of like the way it was framed. I think this might have been from like Tim O'Connor Fraser and maybe other, maybe the Robert Thomas or somebody, the president at the time had the idea to kind of, uh, unroll it as a blog. Like, so we, I think I would do, I think I'd post one or two talks of the transcribed talks, which, you know, I think there was about 400, um, one or two per week. And so I did that. And so, um, and I, I post a talk on this blog that was part of San Francisco Zen Center, which come beautifully designed. And then there was also a, a Suzuki Roshi Facebook page. And so I'd go over to the Facebook page and I'd draw a quote from that talk and a link to the, um, and, the, and so we put up, we put up the transcription. And then when there was a recording, we put up a recording. And, and then the, the Facebook post with the quote and, um, yeah. And, and kind of like to find, you know, and I, and so I just, um, it took about four years and, uh, and I got to read all the talks Wow. <laughs> over those wow. four years. And I, and I, and I, um, yeah, and I kind of really, I kind of, I loved that this was a kind of a job or this was like a responsibility that I accepted. And I was like, Oh, you know, so I have to read a Suzuki Roshi talk today. And, and yeah. I, I try to, and, yeah. And I, I, yeah. what I would do is I'd read the talk and then I'd, I'd draw out, I'd draw out quotes as I went along. Um, and so I have like somewhere I have all my, all the files with like, 
and sometimes it'd be like 20 quotes from a talk that were all great and I would just pick one of them. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, it was really, yeah, I really, I, I, I love, I love, love spending that time with Suzuki Roshi's teachings. And, um, I also, when I give talks now, if I have a topic, I'll sometimes go to the kind of like the one file version of his talks and just, you know, check out everything he said about a word, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I love that. And uh, kind of a way, just a way to kind of, right. Like I recently did that with um ritual. Right. I, I was giving a, I was giving a talk to the, the priest group at San Francisco Zen Center about Suzuki Roshi's teachings on ritual. And so I just went, went and found everything on ritual. And then, or another time I did Buddha nature. That was really fun. Oh, neat. Hey, if, if you've got, you know, I, I, I've done that some and other people have done that some, uh, like, uh, uh, I think the, the one I did was, uh, first was the term most important. And, oh, yes. uh, he used about a, I, back then, you know, the, 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 uh, archive is kept growing. Uh, yeah. And incidentally, you can get a, uh, you can get an updated, um, all, all, uh, Suzuki Roshi lectures file, uh, from us. Oh. Uh, I, I have to, I get a new one updated about, uh, twice a year. Uh, hmm. because we hmm. keep working on it, you know, uh, yeah. and, and, uh, 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 David, um, Shundo, David Hayes has, oh, yes. has put a lot of work into it. And, and so, um, uh, now, now the one, the one that we put in, in that make it downloadable for all the lectures is that's the, the verbatim or closest to verbatim. Uh, yeah. but we've done, uh, we've tried to get, uh, light edits of, of, uh, all of them. Uh, I think, mm. I think there's about 13 we're looking at right now, but that's uh, Peter Ford and Wendy Piercy are doing that. Mm-hmm. And I just sort of look at it. Um, uh, uh, but, uh, um, uh, well, all right. One thing, one thing is you and, uh, uh, you, you and Timothy, uh, but are Tim, right? Tim. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you and Tim, it did a really important thing. You, you made it, um, creative commons, uh, copyright. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, that was Tim. Yeah. So, uh, how did that work out? I, I mean, how did that come about? I, you know, I wasn't part of that. I wasn't part of that decision. I, I think I, I think somebody at some point said, like, well, do you think we should make this publicly available? And I was like, yes. Actually, maybe that was part of the reason why I got asked to do it. Yeah. I think I said to Dana, you know, I, I, I think I said to, I think Dana, Dana Veldon had some role at that time, like secretary and, and maybe as a board member, maybe that, maybe that was part of the story. I, I think I said, like, you know, we've got these 400 transcripts. Why don't we just put them on the, why don't we just make them available? Because the Dharma. Yeah. Uh, just make it available. And, um, and I think she said, Oh, well, I'll ask. And then I yeah. think she asked and she got an okay. And then she said, well, could you, could you help? Could you do something? Could you be part of this? And, and so I was like, yeah. And, um, yeah, cause I, I have, I kind of, I, I mean, yeah, my, my feeling is, is, um, been, you know, I 
whatever, just that, to share the Dharma, you know, share, you know, that it's, it's not for, I, I don't like it, like seeing it as a, something to hold or, or try to make into a profit. That's yeah. absolutely. And that's always been my, uh, my feeling. Uh, yeah. and, and, um, uh, actually there was, uh, a, a good deal of, of the struggle around yeah. being because because uh uh you know we've been making everything uh public since well since uh since, you know I started cuke.com in in actually in December of 98 and yeah. started putting lectures on in 99 and uh uh, it, it caused uh, it caused great concern at Zen yeah. Center, so we made a deal that we could put on one at a time. But you know <laughs> the way I did it, because nobody pays attention, is I'd put on a new one and feature it one at a I, time. But the ones that had been on were there on there. Little by little, it grew to be the whole thing. But there was uh, a whole evolution. Uh, being able to make it public, which started off with sharing floppy disks of his transcripts oh, yeah. that I put together with priests and, and, and you know, Steve Stuckey, uh, and, and, uh, uh, Ed Brown and stuff like that. And uh, people were yeah. very concerned about that. I mean, that's what it goes back to, you know, yeah. and then you all yeah. made, you all made it uh really broke the ice with Zen Center on that. Uh yeah. By yeah. doing that. But making it creative commons because uh if there were there were later times that somebody uh in authority uh would tell me they were concerned about uh what uh we were doing and I would point to I would and say, well, you know, it's all copyrighted under Creative Commons. And that means yeah. that it can be shared freely. Suzuki Roche's teaching can be shared freely with the public for non, in a non-commercial way. And I said, and yeah. then Zen Center has all the consumer products. Uh, yeah. and yeah. that would be what? <laughs> I said, yeah, <laughs> Zen Mind Beginner's Mind is a consumer product. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, I think I think the books and, and and you know and the work that went into that book and the and the not always so and and um, and the other book you know the other Suzuki Roshi books I think they're they become a different it's a different production and I think they yeah. have their own they have their own different they still have their value. Oh well, they have they have great value. There, that's what yeah. people have read. I mean, it's just the the uh, well, I don't know, I don't know. Uh, We've had actually uh, zillions of people go on on uh, ChunyuSuzuki.com. God, I don't know. I can't remember. Uh, uh, hundreds every day. I can't remember. Mm. Uh, Cuke.com is more like 2,000 a day. Wow. Uh, but um, which uh, and and uh, uh, but but Zen Mind Beginner's Mind. Uh, bro, uh, nothing more important than that. Uh, yeah. It's just a different, mm, 
it's a different avenue, you know, yeah. and not always yeah. so. That's wonderful. And uh, this and uh, the work that Michael Winger did with um, yeah. with Mel, uh, a branching streams flow in the darkness. And, yes, and, exactly. and, you know, Mel, Mel's, uh, Counterpoint has a book of Mel's, uh, work on, uh, Suzuki Roshi lectures plus a, uh, autobiographical, but it's sort of two parts that will be coming yeah. out at some point. Uh, I mean, it's sort of finished. Uh, yeah. so, yeah, I, mm, uh, mm. uh, the books are extremely important, uh, but it's good to have the raw material. Be yeah. public. Now, at first, that was totally, uh, not wanted. If you go back to when Suzuki Roshi was alive, he didn't want anybody, uh, seeing yeah. or hearing his lectures the way they were given. He wanted them edited yeah. into good English. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But at a certain point, that, that wasn't, that wasn't right anymore. Yeah, yeah. You know, things that evolve. Well, there's, 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 yeah, there's so much. Well, there's so much value for us, I think, in the in the in the uh, verbatim. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, actually, you know, another thing also to just that you know, you know, the the the, the importance of Zen might begin to mind also just. Um, I heard from I would hear from like you know, people like every year at Tassahara that. One of the main things that had brought them to the San Francisco Zen Center was just a photo on the back. That's right. You know, that's the, right. That, like that image of his face, like there's something in that image that just like, um, it, it communicates, there's a lot of Dharma in that yeah. face that just like pulls people in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it's been, it's, yeah, it's been extremely important. Uh, almost as important as Ed Brown's cookbooks. <laughs> <laughs> Dick Baker told me, like when he first became Abbott, like not long after that, he was on a plane and some, uh, the person he was sitting next to, uh, found out that, you know, he was the Abbott of Zen Center and they said to him, really? You are? Do you, do you know Ed Brown? ah well anyway thanks for all that uh the 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 thing about zen center with the lectures is what you all did was great but with a lot of things with zen center there's not continuity yeah uh so uh zen center does things in spurts now that has been yeah. changed, uh, at least for now by Engaged Wisdom, you know, which was founded by Charlie Wilson and, and David yeah. Shundo, uh, hey, has been working with it. And, and they've got all the lectures. They, you know, have state of the art audio engineering and all that. Yeah, I heard about Charlie Wilson, who founded Engaged Wisdom in 2013, right before it came to Asia, and we made a deal. He redigitized the whole uh, Shunyu Suzuki audio archive uh, in the highest way possible, and QC Archives paid for it. They have uh, uh, one version uh, of the transcript. Uh, that I, th- I think yeah, they, they use the most... Uh, 
they use the uh, uh, verbatim or, or closest to verbatim. Uh, we put everything up. We put every edited version oh, you can find and, and light edits and and also yeah. different uh, different audio versions. We link to theirs, but we have our own up too. And I've been doing editing right. of the audio, audio uh, uh-huh. which is I really I'd like to drop everything and just concentrate on that. And and that's not taking mm. out meaning. That's um, taking out coughs and spaces yeah. and when he starts a sentence and then stops and starts somewhere you know it starts it in a different way yeah. uh yeah. but uh the, it would zen center through the years would it would the, it would it would sort of you know if you don't have somebody in charge of something it sort of deteriorates or i don't i don't know and even yeah. recently they've changed their the, 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 the links to their lectures so much. We've given up linking to Zen Center. We just link to Engage Wisdom. And that's what, yeah. that's all they're putting up is the Engage Wisdom versions anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And their website, um, it's changed a couple of times. And then, and I think, I think they've almost had different, um, architects, you know, involved with their website too. Yeah, yeah, it's it's gone through various stages. There'll be really helpful periods, uh, but yours was the best until Charlie and Shindo got involved. Oh, yeah. That was the yeah. the halcyon days of. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, I, 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 yeah. It's kind of interesting to me that they. Anyway, yeah. Well, that you you change things and then you change all the links and and it, it is kind of a problem. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you know, if we change a link, we put a forward from the old link, so it still works. Yeah. In yeah. in in yeah. maybe not in every case, but in general, uh, we do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Well, uh, so uh, and I can I can remember. I can remember visiting you while you were doing that. I remember taking you, uh, um, you know, hard drive of yeah. thing we had. Uh, I wonder how much I gave you. Did you, did I give you a hard drive with like everything, all the interviews and? I, yes. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I think it, yeah, around, I mean, you know, it was like 10, 10 plus years ago. But yeah. yeah you oh no, it's over ten. The, over ten. Yeah. It was more like. And it, yeah. Uh, and I all the know. photos too. I yeah. put up the photos with the um with the talks. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know if that. I don't. I don't know if that blog still exists. But but when I did the blog rollout, I put up all the talks and I put up photos with the talks and you know and if I could, I'd match a photo to the talk to, to you know to the topic or something some theme. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that was also, and that was, yeah, it was great to spend time with those photos. Yeah. And, yeah. um, and then there was, there was also, uh, the film clips. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and those, I, those we did, I think we did not figure out how to put those up at that time, or maybe the, maybe there was hesitancy about copyright issues with the, with oh, the I never material. pay attention to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're not, they're no, I, listen, I went, I talked to, Dick Moore, who was president of KQED when the Zen Center, uh, 
uh, film when the Tatsaharas in Mountain Center film was made by KQED. Yeah. And Dick Moore lived in Mirror Beach. You know, we were friends. And, huh. uh, I went and visited, I would visit him periodically at the Redwood Retirement Place where Betty mm-hmm. Warren was, you know, and oh, yeah. Lolly Rossett and some other old Zinnich. Uh, Betty Warren, Suzuki's, <laughs> like, started sitting with Suzuki like the first week. So he came to America. Yeah, yeah, well, uh, yeah. And and I asked Dick more about that uh, because I would, uh, you know, I was putting the video online, and he said, "David, don't ever ask." Uh, <laughs> he said they'll give it to a lawyer, and lawyers just say no. And uh, he said, "Don't ask. No, nobody knows who who owns that film. Nobody knows. Does the filmmaker own? Is it KQED? Own? No." Uh, <laughs> so we've got all the video. There's oh, like great. six different ones too by now. Five or six. We've got video mm, mm. of Suzuki in the 1930s. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I've never seen that. Go look. Just go to the video page on uh, shunyusuzuki.com. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, Miss yeah. Ransom is English teacher's old film, which she gave oh. to Graham Petchy. Huh. And then he dropped it off at Green Gulch. I said, Graham, what the, you know, that, <laughs> that, that, they lose things, you know, but, but anyway, yeah, it, it yeah. ended up in the safe in the office in Zen Center. And I got it all digitized back in 2008 or something. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, uh, you were doing all that and you were with Zen Center and, uh, somehow you ended up, uh, on the East Coast. Is there anything in there that we're missing? Um, I, that's, that, that's a good overview. Yeah. I mean, like we, um, we, uh, I, 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 you know, I, 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 um, yeah, I think we, we thought about moving back to San Francisco's incident and, um, and we, and we just, Sarah has family out here, and um, yeah, and so we we kind of decided to come to the East Coast, and um, we're kind of, um, I mean, we're you know, Brooklyn Zen Center, as I mentioned you earlier, you know, like working on social justice, looking at race, looking at gender, um, patriarchy, misogyny, and so on, and and um, and that we're that's kind of where we have a lot of, yeah, that that's for us we're we're a very live topics for. Dharma practice and and so we yeah we just felt a lot of resonance and um, yeah and we also we kind of we, our son is um, he's adopted he was born in Petaluma but and but both his parents were um, were European and Samoan descended and so he's not white and so we also we we kind of part of the impetus of coming to a city was just and specifically Brooklyn was just to come to a place that was um, less white and less white dominant culture and. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we really we really you know we really appreciate that about Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, and, uh, and, uh, and I think um, yeah. And so far, actually, he hates it. <laughs> oh, how old is he? But, but I think he's eleven. But I think I think um, <laughs> I I think by the time he comes to, by the time he gets to high school, I think he'll 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 be he'll be really glad we're here. Um. But um, I mean, he doesn't. I you know, I, hate is a strong word, but like you know, he, 
he really likes, I think he misses, um, we had a big backyard with trees and he really misses that. And, um, I think yeah. he's almost, I think his new friends now are, I think he's almost as close to his new friends as he was to his old friends. So I think that's actually starting to balance out. Yeah. That's hard um, on kids. Yeah. yeah. But we've been here a year. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Um, but how did you get from Sebastopol to there? I mean, like, was there a, a connection with uh, the Brooklyn Zen Center or TIA? Uh, or did you decide to go to the East Coast and then got that connection or what? Um, and we kind of like, um, we started, well, we, I think we decided that we were going to leave Sebastopol. And we didn't know where we were going to go, but, um, but we were, we, you know, possibilities are San Francisco, East Bay, Boston, New York, or Washington, DC. I think those are the places we were thinking of. And, um, and then the first people we just reached out to were Greg and Laura. And we'd kind of, we'd lived, Sarah and I had lived with Laura Tassahara 20 years ago. So we knew Laura from back then and Sarah had, and they had kept up a connection over the years. Mm -hmm. And so then the, the four of us just started talking and, and, um, and um and so we kind of over maybe a year and a half actually like kind of we'd have a conversation every month or two and um and it became a it kind of just started off as an idea and it became a kind of a plan and so mm -hmm. yeah and so it was like a and then and so actually the year before we moved actually we had started giving talks at Brooklyn Zen Center and getting involved with some of the programs online and so we were kind of feeling our way we were kind of kind of Find through through the internet and occasionally through an in person talk, finding you know finding our connections with the sangha. So and then and then finally and then basically you know arrived and immediately started functioning as priests and teachers for the community. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and we and we yeah and we love we love the we love the sangha here and it's a really it's a really beautiful wonderful community and yeah it's really we're really really happy to be practicing Zen in Brooklyn and yeah. Hmm. Hmm. You know, um, one thing I always like to ask people is, um, um, so, uh, what do you think about global warming? Hmm. Or climate um, change, we could call it. Yeah. I, well, I think, um, I, what do I think? <laughs> Um, I, I mean, I, I, I think we, uh, yeah, I think we, um, I think it's a, you know, um, really important to kind of like start opening our eyes and trying to find out, trying to, trying to zero in on well, what are the, what are effective responses now? Like what, where, where are the changes that could help actually going to take place and how do we, how do we get those to happen? Um, I, my, my, um, I, I think actually that, you know, the most significant things that need to happen aren't necessarily kind of like, um, switching from, switch, you know, using, you know, using reusable bags. <laughs> I mean, I think, you know, that, that, that can help, but I think, you know, really, you know, <laughs> try, I think there has to be kind of like major policy shifts and, yes. and corporations need to be held accountable to, to the destruction of the, the world. <laughs> yes. Because that, that's what's driving it more than anything. And, and, uh, yeah. and, but and you know and then the, the consumerism that's 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 driving the corporations and um yeah yeah and I and I and uh and I kind of I I feel like um I feel like for me the practice the practice part is that um 
I think in the midst of in the midst of suffering to offer people a way to be to be meaningfully connected to each other and to the earth like an like an actual living connection and relationality that that that's the source of of what will of that, that that's the source of of you know of of positive activism in the world and mm-hmm. that it's it's actually coming from love and if it's coming you know and and then um and and I feel like that that that's sustainable activism that you know and so I think the more of that there is the you know the the better chance we have <laughs> mm-hmm. um but I think it I think it is like I think it is a yeah, I think it's a it's a it's a scary time, and I think it's really. I, th- I don't I don't know if we can really understand the impacts you know that's having on the kind of the, the consciousness of the younger generations right now. Um, yeah, I think they're kind of growing they're growing up in a different world than 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 I grew up in. Yeah, and it's um yeah it's, I think it really is different you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sure, different from what I grew up in. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, I think, I think, uh, I think, uh, I think, I think, you know, yeah, op- opening our eyes, I think denial isn't going to help us. <laughs> and, yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah, just really, and starting to face these things and, um, yeah, and really, and, uh, you know, de- dedicate, start re- dedicating real resources to like, well, what, what can help? How can it help? How, you know, how can we, um, where, where, what are the biggest impacts, and how do we address them? Mm. And mm. are we are we willing to kind of are we willing to do that? You know, and, yeah. And, um, you know, and, and take those steps, and uh, you know, before before like uh, there's just a level of destruction, you know, that's that's uh, irreversible, or you know, or there probably already is irreversible destruction, but you know, mm-hmm. as little as possible. Yeah. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 so you know, I, I think like you know, I, I from in my mind, like kind of like the the mindsets of of kind of like patriarchal white white supremacy culture is you know is part of this is part of this pattern of destruction and <laughs> and this in you know yeah. United States culture and corporate culture and uh huh and the. Uh, being, you know, not being driven for just being, you know, being driven by power and profit and not human connection. And <laughs> that's right. Yeah. 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 I certainly, uh, uh, mm, sympathize with your thoughts there. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, uh, good luck to us, uh, on that. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, well, uh, this is good. I really appreciate it. I got to know you better. I got to know more about you. Uh, yeah. And a lot more about you. Uh, and, uh, uh, where does Sarah come from? Sarah, she grew up in Newton, Massachusetts, outside of Boston. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then she went to Carleton for college mm-hmm. and then moved out to San Francisco. Mm hmm. And yeah. yeah. Well, it, yeah. It, do you have any? Um, I, I think we're we're uh, wrapping it up here. Do you have any final thoughts, Charlie? <laughs> final thoughts? Um, 
I, um, well, my final, I mean, I, I one Suzuki Roshi teaching that I've been, I think about, and I've kind of brought up a few times in the last year is just, I can't remember the exact quote, but basically it's like, like the way we learn Zen is, is by, um, is by doing it. Like the way we, the way we understand and find the meaning of the practice is by doing the practice. Yeah. And I think it's like a really simple idea, but really deep and kind of like, yeah. Like, like don't, don't try to use the, use your thinking really too much. Just, and you, and you, you, you have to sit, you have to bow, you have to chant. Like we, we, um, there's no, there's no substitute. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I find it, I find it really deep and encouraging. And, um, yeah. and I, I'm really true. I guess I thought I found it like, this is, this is, this has been my life in, in Zen practice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. the, uh, I, uh, I, I learned, uh, the, um, Jesuit motto from, uh, Jerry Brown. Hmm. Uh, you know, he's said to be, and I've never forgotten it. I think about it a lot. And it's, uh, do what you're doing. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's sort yeah. of like, don't think about it, do it. Uh, but yeah. you know, you look at it in different ways. Uh, yeah. hmm. When, hmm. like, uh, some, there's some things I learned, some of the first things I learned, I've never forgotten. And, uh, they're still with me, like Wang Po in that wonderful Blowfield translation, which was done long ago in the sixties. Hmm. Uh, um, saying, well, just stand when you're standing, <laughs> sit when you're sitting, <laughs> lie down when you're lying down. Uh, and, uh, he said, that's all you have to do. It should take about 10 years. <laughs> really? <laughs> that sounds pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, thanks a lot, Charlie. Uh, give my love to Sarah and, uh, yes. um, yeah. If you come this way, I drop by. <laughs> okay, sure. Yes. And thank you very much. Yeah. I wish you well. Yeah, you too. Yeah. Take care. All right. Bye bye. Take care. Bye bye. So thanks a lot, Charlie. Charlie, Corey Picorny. Appreciate it. I got a little carried away there talking with uh uh Charlie about uh, Junior Suzuki archiving stuff, but, um, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> that's natural because <laughs> that's what I do. <laughs> and, uh, I've always appreciated all the, uh, effort and energy he's put into that, into the Buddhist Dharma and teaching. And wow, he's really done his homework. You know, I'm just a dilettante compared to him and so many people out there today. I'm more like a reporter sort of dabbled in Buddhism and now brings to you uh, the stories and profiles and memories of um, a whole range of people who've been involved with uh, the Shunyu Suzuki lineage and, and beyond. So thanks a lot, Charlie. Take care. And hi to Sarah. And this has been a Cuke Audio Podcast. I'm DC, Poopa of Cuke Audio and Cuke Archives. Coming to you from Sleepy Sonora, 
with Dog Aunt Bandita, guest Dog Aunt Bumbita, and dear lovely Katrinka, and we're wishing you and yours and all of us a grand awakening. Thank you. 